family. I say good morning to you guys. Amen. It's a good day to worship. Amen. It's a good day to be here in his house. We want to welcome those uh, coming in and uh, those watching from afar, those live streaming. We welcome you as well. Welcome into his house. Welcome into our house here at New Beginnings Church. It's a great day to worship the Lord, and today we're not going to stop. Amen. Despite what's going on in our life, I know sometimes it's hard to, to make your way in and some of the dynamics of what's going on and just kind of running late. But today, I want you to do something just then. Just breathe in His praise, amen, or grace rather, and breathe out His praise. That's what we're going to do this morning, amen. Here's a new song for you. That's why we say we're not going to stop now, amen. Come on. Amen. Come on, Lord. This morning we bring you praise, Jesus. Despite anything else that's going on, Jesus, we're here for you, Lord. Come on, sing it with us. I give oh, yeah. you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I say your presence. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like
on, sing it with us. Say your presence. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. Heavenly Father, yeah. yeah. We continue to give you praise and glory, Heavenly Father. Your presence is an open door. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you thanks in Jesus. We give you glory, Jesus. Oh, yeah. With a voice, we lift it up. Oh, yeah, come on. I would be whole. Without your goodness, I wouldn't be desperate. Without your love, it wasn't for the cross. You have won me with your kindness. Chase me down when I was lost. Where would I be? Come on. If it wasn't for the cross. Come on and sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing it. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner. Now I know. With your blood, you come on. You bought my song 
Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. So sing it with us, say, Shout Jesus from the morning in your house to speak your name Jesus because we we believe what we just sang Lord in your name there is power God and your name there is healing God and today we step into that power we step into that healing Lord as your sons as your daughters Lord we thank you because Lord you literally break every chain God you break strongholds in the name of Jesus and God, I just pray a blessing over everybody here or watching online or streaming this maybe a few weeks or even years later. God, I, play, I pray a blessing over them right now. I pray that your name be magnified, Lord, that you be glorified upon your people here today. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, can we give God a round of applause this morning? Come on. Lift up a shout of praise. Hey, church, let's take a minute in this same spirit of worship, and let's take a moment to greet each other this morning.
Well, good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are we doing this morning? Doing okay? Doing okay? Some of us still finding our way back to our seats. It's okay. All good, all good. Taking our time and saying what's up to each other. Hey, guys, before we get started with anything else, we got a couple of announcements for y'all real quick. Uh, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church, so if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, hey, let's change that after service. Am I right? Uh, what's it called? We got a few announcements for you guys today. First of all, uh, camp registration is now open, church. Uh, we are so excited for youth camp. Uh, the, this year, youth camp is going to be May 29th through June 2nd. If you have someone in your family who's maybe finishing the third grade all the way up through, uh, if, if your student is finishing third grade this year all the way between, uh, if they're finishing high school, if they're graduating high school this year, they are eligible to go to camp and church. I, I tell you guys, every time we talk about camp, it is the event of the year. It is like last year, uh, you know, we always train all of our counselors to always be like praying for all the kids at the end of service uh, during camp. Last year, by the end of the week, all the kids were praying for each other during camp. Like God seriously moves like nobody's business at camp. And so registration for that is now open. If you have a, a child in your household, maybe a, a son, daughter, nephew, a niece, cousin, something like that, you want to sign them up for camp, come and see me out in that desk after service or in between service. I'd love to answer any questions you have and help you get registered for camp this year. And also, uh, speaking of, you know, the, these youth and uh, these kids activities that we do, uh, this coming Saturday on the 11th, uh, New Beginnings Kids, NB Kids is doing their parents' night out. This is a fantastic uh, event that our our kids ministry does all the time. Uh, basically, what we do is we want to give you parents, or wait a second, I'm, I read that wrong. It's not parents' night out. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're doing our Valentine's Day dance this year. That's right, it, because oh, that was my bad. I, I misread that. Valentine's Day dance. It's the annual event. That, it's always so much fun, y'all, because most of the time, NB kids, they spend time over there in the kids' wing. They'll be using the youth area for the Valentine's Day dance, and they have, you know, all the games and all the lights and so many, like, little finger foods and just so much fun. It's an annual event that NB Kids has done for years, since as long as I could remember, honestly. And so, um, parents, that starts Saturday, February 11th at 6 p.m. here in the youth room. And so if you have any kids who are currently in NB Kids between, you know, nursery age all the way up to fifth grade, then this is an event for you and for them. It's going to be a fantastic event. And at the same time as that is happening, church, the youth will be doing an outing. We're taking the kids to Cool Springs uh, this uh, Saturday, February 11th at 6 p.m. So you can come, bring your younger kids for the Valentine's Day camps, drop off, uh, drop off the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. We'll take them off your hands. We'll take them to Cool Springs. We'll come back, have some snacks, have some food. And then right at 9 p.m. at the end of the dance, at the end of everything, everybody gets to go home all happy as a family unit, and it's going to be a fantastic event this coming Saturday, church. We hope to see you there. And also, uh, one final thing before we get to a close of announcements. If you have not yet found a way to step, in, to step into the life of the church, if you are looking for a way to get connected, the, the Bible commands us to, as, as followers of Christ, to serve and to be plugged in somewhere. And uh, we just want to make an invitation to you to uh, check out our, I believe we have a QR code that you can scan uh, that uh, is basically the volunteer application form. If you want to volunteer, we need 
volunteers in all areas of the church, whether it's uh, the, you know, the AV team and the music team, uh, Pastor Mike's crew with all that, or the youth department, the kids department, ushers, greeters, whatever it is, church, we want to invite you to scan this QR code and take a look at maybe where God can start using you here uh, at New Beginnings Church, because, you know, we say it every week, we can't do what we do here without you. And that's not only true for volunteering, for the labor, but also church for our tithes and offerings. We just want to say thank you so much, church, for your faithfulness, because without your donations and without your faithfulness in the tithes and offerings, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at New Beginnings Church. Uh, we always have text to give available for that. We have nbcabq.com forward slash give. Also our app, you can give on there, not to mention the four tithing boxes located out all four corners of the sanctuary. So church, thank you so much uh, for listening to these announcements. Now, would you do me a favor? Would you turn your attention to the screen this morning? We've got a quick video for you. We came to re-engage because we had become roommates. We were looking forward to learning some new things to help improve our marriage. There was an infidelity and a pornography addiction that she wasn't aware of. We were headed for divorce. We heard it was a safe place to reconnect with your spouse. And I had an affair, and I was ready to leave my family for it. We were in the downward spiral in our marriage. Uh, we were just constantly fighting. The first time we walked into re-engage, I actually felt hope. I was just very nervous to see what was going to be revealed. I felt, finally, this is a place where I do not have to pretend. This class would require sharing and transparency, which was not something that I was used to. I really didn't want to tell people about what was going on in our marriage. I was very fearful. Uh, being an atheist, I had never willingly walked into a church. And I was so grateful as we walked in that there were people there to greet us that were so kind. The first time I walked into Reengage, I felt hope and peace. It was the first time I had ever heard people talk about really hard things they had been through and also hear that it could be okay. One of the biggest things I realized was that I was the biggest problem in our marriage, not my spouse. I had blocked out feelings, not only from my wife, but also from myself. We did an amazing job sweeping conflict under the rug, which over the years just resulted in resentment and uh, mistrust. Terry and I have been married for 19 years, and there are still areas that we can improve on. One of the biggest things I realized going through Reengage was how God's Word came alive. God actually had designed marriage. Our Reengage couples poured love into us and accepted us uh, without any expectation. And there was a, a true desire to understand and not necessarily judge what I was doing. One of the things I, I liked about Reengage was being able to share our story, talk about it freely in a safe environment. Now our marriage is characterized as one full of love and grace. Our marriage is characterized by putting Christ at the center. Daily prayers, a lot of laughter. It's not perfect, but our disagreements are now opportunities. If you're considering coming to re-engage, the one thing I would want you to know is that you will be surprised at the relationships that you'll build there. It's worth giving God an opportunity to come in to your marriage. My family, how y'all doing this morning? Doing well? Amen. That is uh, re-engage is a ministry that we're introducing that we're going to be starting up here um, just right after, very timely, <laughs> right after Valentine's Day. And um, I know uh, for those of us that are married, those of you that have been married understand that uh, 
marriage isn't always easy and uh, everybody needs a little help sometimes in that area. And so if you need that help, uh, we want you to know um, we've always believed in traditional marriage here at New Beginnings. And if, if you need help in your marriage, um, we, we would love nothing more but to help you. And we've invested a lot of time and resources into this awesome program. Our sister and brother uh, Mary and Art Posey, they're going to be heading that, uh, that ministry for us, and they're going to be facilitating that. We've been training uh, on that for actually quite a few months now, so we hope that you guys uh, really look into that. And if it's something that you and your spouse can say, man, you know, this is something that I think we can use, um, even if we're not maybe all the way there, but you're starting to see those, that writing on the wall, and you're starting to feel that uneasiness, maybe you say, we're, I think we could use a little bit of a refresher course. I think this would be awesome for you, so I want you to take advantage of that. Amen? Well, church, uh, once again, we just want to welcome you and uh, welcome those watching. Uh, my name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings, and um, we send uh, our greetings out to Pastor Richard. Man, we just miss him, and he just wants to send you a message. Why don't you go ahead and play that video? New Beginnings Church, God bless you. On behalf of Pastor Cindy and myself, thank you for all the love and support you've been giving us. Today's Saturday the 4th. You're listening to this on Sunday the 5th. want you to know I get my staples out this Thursday. Keep praying for good reports. Everything's going good. They're working me hard on my physical therapy, and everything's wonderful. I love you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for showing up for church. Thank you for praying for the church. Thank you for serving and giving to the church. And don't forget, this Friday, food distribution, we need you there to volunteer. God bless you. That's right. He's always, you know, uh, he, he loves you guys. He misses you. Pastor, we love you. We miss you as well. And, uh, but church, he, he of course, uh, he's doing so good. And when you speak to him on the phone, I know he's, he's not right now taking a lot of phone calls. He's trying to get some rest right after. So we appreciate you really, uh, really uh, uh, respecting that privacy for him and the family. We really do appreciate that. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's doing, even us as a staff, we're, we're like, yeah, we're not trying to call him. We're not trying to do much. Uh, but, you know, trying, trying to keep that man at bay is hard. You know, he, remember, remember uh, food distribution, you know, but, you know, this, he loves it. You know, he, he loves what he does, and he loves what we, we do here at New Beginnings. But church, um, we're in the middle of our series uh, last week, and I just want to dig in right quick. Uh, I don't want to take too much time, because I think we're dealing with something today that is just so uh, amazing. I am completely uh, in awe uh, of how you guys are responding to this series. I love this series, Rebuilding Our Future. Uh, and if you are not also in our series uh, on Wednesday nights, I encourage you to come in on Wednesday nights. We are in the middle of a series titled Unmovable, about unmovable faith. And But today's series, or on our Sunday series, is titled Rebuilding Your Future. And I just love that concept of rebuilding your future because... I love, the more I think about rebuilding your future, when I, it's just like rebuild, how can you rebuild something that's not built yet? 
the future. We're not even there yet. And so it's kind of hard sometimes to put your mind around that. And then you sit down and you think, how can I rebuild the future? And it's not necessarily the fact of rebuilding the future, but think about it, right, of changing the course, changing the trajectory of where we're headed, rebuilding your future, changing how things are going to turn out. And that's what I want you guys to think about. By the way, if you guys have not, um, we, we, our notes are available for you on our app, if you don't know that. And so if you, if, don't ever forget that you can also pick up your note, the notes for today's sermon and any sermon on Wednesdays and Sundays on our app. When you just hit on the bottom button, it says more, and then it says Sunday services, and then you say sermon notes. And so you can always pick up our notes there, okay? So always, always remember that because it's so important for you if you ever want to say, what did he say about that? And you'll catch most of it there, okay? But today, church, we're in our sixth part of our sermon series titled Rebuilding Your Future. And like I said, I absolutely love it because you and I, church, we're dealing today with something that you and I are guilty of. And no matter what you tell me, we're all guilty of it. I, I know I'm guilty of it. I mean, I know for a fact, Jack, I've been guilty of it in the past. Um, I can guarantee you that. Um, some of you in this house can tell me amen. Right? Wait, 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 wait. You don't even know, you don't know what I'm asking you to say amen to. Jeez, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> But I know I've been guilty. Maybe even this morning I've been guilty of it. Who knows? You'd have to ask my team members or my family. But today we're talking about dealing with mean people. See how you said amen a little too fast? See, that hurt me, man. <laughs> and you're guilty of it too, right? I mean, we've received a lot of your love letters. We, you know, we, we call them love letters from time to time. The comment cards, and I'm not talking about the the prayer requests that we ask you to fill out, or the communication cards. We love those. We actually love that you guys communicate with us. We we you know the love letters that you guys pick up the extra pieces of paper that you just tear out of whatever, and it says, "Hey, the girls should wear skirts only on stage," or this and that. You know all these love letters that we get. We all understand mean people. And mean people, we have it everywhere we go. We Anywhere we look, we see mean people. We turn on our TV. We, I mean, social media, right? I mean, no offense to uh, anybody out there with the name Karen, but I mean, today we just call them Karens, right? They're all over. You can't go three videos into Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or anywhere, and you see a photo or a, a video of a Karen just going off on somebody because they had a bad day. They're having a bad day and they're taking it out on the cashier or they're taking it out on the street vendor. We have people uh, just going off on street vendors for whatever reason. We have just, we just, there's just mean people anywhere with racism, ridiculing, manipulation. It's all over the place. So today I want to help you deal with mean people, but how do we deal with it in a godly way? 
right, in a godly way. And since, you know, we're, we're still in the book of Nehemiah, we're, we'll be in the book of Nehemiah. Last year when I spoke and I was up here, um, we were in chapter 2 of Nehemiah and we were talking about the power of working together and the power of us. And um, I left you off after they had, he had gone through and taken the days off and he had, he had gone through all the passages with the governors and all this other stuff. And then I said, and then he got to, the, he got to Jerusalem and then he lived happily after and then, you know, everything was perfect. And then chapter 3, we talked about last, last week, you know, working together. Helping people get along. And then that was like an 80s montage. If you read, if you read chapter 3, it reminds me of an 80s montage. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of put the 80s montage music in the back of it when I read it. Because it's just... And then they were doing this, and then they were doing that. And then you just hear that 80s music montage. And then they were just all painting, and everybody's happy, and this guy was doing this, and yeah, da, 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 da. And that's what I see, but the bottom line is that is not at all what happened. There was a lot of opposition, and when, of course, when I said they live happily ever after, of course, I was being facetious. There was a lot of opposition when it comes to dealing with God's work and doing His will and doing it His way, Trust me, there is opposition Maya had to face and how he dealt with it and how it means and how it correlates to us today and how you and I are to deal with it. So we're going to go to Nehemiah. We'll be in Nehemiah chapter 4 if you have your Bibles with you and if you want to either leaf through the pages or if you want to get to your Bible on your app. Nehemiah chapter 4, we'll just read the first 12 verses. Sambalat was very angry when he heard, when he learned rather, that we were building the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones? From a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall would collapse even if a fox along, walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, O God, for we're being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may, themsel may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed that our God and guarded, uh, rather to our God, and guarded the city and, uh, day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. 
The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Verse 11. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, They will come from all directions and attack us. Why don't, uh, why don't we go before the Lord in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that from it, Lord, we can receive life. Thank you, Lord, that from it, Lord, you give us lessons, Lord, and how and direct us, Lord, and how to deal with the adversities of life, Lord. And it also empowers us, Lord, to live such a godly life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. May it be instilled in our hearts today, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, church, today I want to look at just some of the things, some of the ways, rather, that they tried to stop Nehemiah's work. Again, the operative word here is how they tried to stop. Nehemiah's work, right? Because as today's saying says, haters going to hate. That's just the bottom line. And that's what this is all about today. Today's message is basically haters going to hate. Because this is what this message is talking to us about. This is what mean people The naysayers, mean-spirited people like to do. They try to stop the work of the Lord. And we're just going to run through a quick, a quick uh, list of ways that they tried to stop Nehemiah's work. The way they tried to do it. And how you and I can see the resemblance maybe in your workspace, maybe at home. Who knows? Well, look. Just verses 1 through 7 Verses one through, just one and two, just one and two, we see rage, ridicule. We even see some racism in there and a lot of resentment. We see a lot of resentment in there. We see the rage. He literally says he, they were, that they were enraged. He says they used rage. They ridiculed them. They bullied them. There they are standing side by side saying, look at these guys. Look at these guys trying to build this wall. Look at what they're trying to do. You think they're really going to do this? You really think they're going to do that? And here they're ridiculing them in the middle of their work. They call them feeble Jews. They call them feeble Jews. And now, I wasn't there. But it's not what you say. It's how you say it, I guess, sometimes. I don't know how they said it. Look at these feeble Jews. I don't know. It's that little... You, know, you could just say Jews are Jews. Look at these Jew Jews. It just changes it, right? But look at these feeble Jews. He, they really think they're going to build this wall. They were ridiculing them right, right there. Sambalot and Tobiah, they're standing side by side. By the way, worthy to note here, Sambalot and Tobiah, Both, by the way, Jews. If you didn't know, both, by the way, they're Jews. Sambalot, 
He's a Jew. Tobiah, by the way, translating to Yahweh is good. Funny. Funny to note, right? His name translates to Yahweh is good when he's trying to stand in the way of God's good work. Just saying. Verse 10, they use resistance. The enemy's trying to use resistance against Nehemiah. He's trying to use the resistance. How? But the people started complaining. Now the enemy's trying to instill this doubt and complaining, man, there's so much work. We're never going to get it done, man. Can you see that? But, but just a few verses back, he was saying that they were working with enthusiasm because the wall was halfway done already. And then just, and then bang, and he goes, oh, but there's so much. We're never going to get it done. Who's ever been there before? Where you're working with enthusiasm, and you're good, and you're good, and you're good, and then all of a sudden, you're like, man, I've made so much headway. And then you look back, and then you see the pile of paperwork, and then you're like, oh, man, I'm stuck like Chuck. I'm never going to get this done. That's doubt. That's resistance. They used rumors. Verse 12, he said, man, they're going to do this. Hey, I heard that they're going to attack us from every direction. That instills fear and uncertainty. But not much has changed from then today, of course, right? A few thousand years. Why? Because you and I, the enemy tries to stop us as well. And the way they try to stop you and I, people will attack your character and identity. People will attack your character and identity. Now, there's one thing to attack my shoes. Uh, see, I, I don't uh, you, uh, These shoes, uh, I don't even remember where I bought them. A lo mejor los compré en la segunda. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Flea market, I don't know where I got them. I, it doesn't matter to me. There's some guys that care about your shoes. Maybe it's their identity. It's not my identity. My identity, I, of course, your identity, which should be grounded in Jesus, but our identity is your heritage, who you are. It's like, it's like talking bad about my mama. Like that's my identity, that's my character. They start attacking your, your character. Your, man, just yesterday, you guys know that I've been a mariachi for 30 years. It's part of who I am. It's deep within my veins. The Lord gave me that gift. And I love it. It's part of my identity. It's part of my culture, which I am richly proud of being a Mexican. I'm proud of it, and I love it. And yesterday, we were, we were standing outside a gig, and this guy kind of said it, We were standing, we were just about to go inside a gig and we were waiting for the rest of the guys and we're standing outside and we're just kind of talking shop and we're just like, hey, hey how, how's the weekend? The weekend meaning like, how was the last three hours? Because we work on the weekends, right? And we're just like, how's the morning off that we had? And, and this guy comes out and he goes, hey, what are you guys doing? And... And we're just, oh, we're just waiting for this party to start. And he's like, oh, you guys look suspect in those uniforms that you're wearing. And we're like, what do you mean you people? <laughs> but that, 
it was almost an attack on my character, it seemed like. I was like, poquito. I was like, that hurt a little bit, you know? I was like, But sometimes people will attack your character and your identity. Was it true? I don't know. It was borderline maybe, but <laughs> when people attack your character and your identity, they took it there. That's what they're doing. People will accuse you of ulterior motives, right? They never, look, what happened uh, in Nehemiah chapter 2 when we were here last, in, chapter, in verse 19 when they said, what are you going to be doing? Right, Nehemiah, all he wants to do is rebuild the city. Not only rebuild the wall, but he wants to rebuild the city. He wants to rebuild the people of Israel. That's what he wants to do. He wants to rebuild the kingdom. That's what he wants to do. But well, you're going to rebel against the king? He thought that, oh, the king's the one who sent me. But there are these guys, right, saying, what are you going to do, rebel against the king? So these guys are constantly doing it, but they're making up lies and stories. Look, most of us in here know what it's like when somebody has made up a lie about you and it has just stopped you dead in your tracks. Dead in your tracks. Life is great. Life is good. Everything is good at work. And then all of a sudden, this rumor or this lie starts about you and bang. Everything stops. Everything stops. Everything stops. Nothing like a lie or a rumor, right? Here's a funny story. True, though. Funny, very unfortunate, very tragic, almost almost very tragic story. It was the year 2003. My wife almost didn't land me. Just so you know. She almost didn't land this guy. <laughs> we were both obviously single. My brother was trying with, with her sister, trying to hook us up. And there was other people. And like, oh, Barbara's single. Michael's single. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, why don't we do a love connection, right? And then they're like, hey, why don't we start asking other people um, what the deal is with Michael? And then some hater came along, and I know who you are. If you're watching, I know who you are. And he said, oh, you don't want to be with Michael Romero. True story, man. You don't want to be with Michael Romero. He's back then... Where my old schoolers at? We used to call them players. <laughs> He's a player. Jabba the Hutt? You kidding me? Really? The only player I was, I played instruments. That was it. That was it. They said, no, you don't want to get with that guy. He's got all kinds of girls. You don't want him. Matter of fact, I think He's married. No lie. They literally told him. They were like, all right, I guess he's married. It set us back two years. It set Barbara back from this blessing for two years. <laughs> two whole years. She could have had me two years longer, Feita. I know you're still mad at that person for that. But those lies. <laughs> but in all seriousness, true story, but in all seriousness, 
When people start spreading lies about you, it stops you dead in your tracks. Now, I know that was a funny story because I think it's still hilarious. But the truth of the matter is, I truly feel that Barbara is a huge blessing to my life. And I believe that that is God's work, that her in my life is God's work. And that stopped it for two years. Now, was that God's timing? I don't know. I'm going to trust that it was God's timing. Okay? But nonetheless, it was a lie and a rumor said about me. And it stopped a lot of things in its track. But look at what, what the book of Psalm, verse 38 says. It says, meanwhile, or rather chapter 38. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish to harm me make plans to ruin me and my future marriage. All day long, they plan their treachery. Let's move down a little bit to verse 20. It says, they repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. What does that tell us? It's a classic story, right? When that kind of stuff happens, it's, Three steps forward, one step back. Or sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back. Sometimes it's one step forward, three steps back. But the bottom line is what? We keep moving forward. We have to continue to move forward. And then the other way that people like to try to stop you is they like to predict your failure right here. We've all heard it at one point or another you and I have heard it maybe as a child, you heard something like, you're never going to amount to anything. Maybe you heard it that way. Maybe you heard it with, hey, hey, cousin, hey, friend, hey, neighbor, hey, spouse, hey, child, hey, parent. I'm clean. I'm sober. I'm, I'm doing good now. I've, I've, done, I've made those changes. Well, well, we'll just see how long it lasts. They predict your failure. That hurts, right? Especially from the Sambalats and the Tobias, right? Why? Because they're also Jews. They're in your house. Don't forget about those guys. They're the ones that are standing right by Nehemiah and the guys building the wall. The other Jews, right? The other Jews. I didn't say the, the outsiders. The Arabs, you, you would expect it from those guys, from the enemies, from the guys outside your house. But from your Jewish brothers calling you feeble Jews? Man, we'll see how long this lasts. I mean, these mean-spirited people are just waiting to stop you from what, do, what God is going to do in your life and what God has called you to do. Because you see, the world, also known as the enemy, is waiting for you to fail. The world, also known as the enemy, is accusing you of evil. The world, also known as your enemy, is attacking your character and your identity, which should be founded in Jesus. And the world is using rumors, rage, resistance, and fear against you. But I have good news for you. You are no longer a part of this world, church. 
You're no longer a part of this world. When you said yes to Jesus and you said, Lord, I'm no longer, you said, I'm turning in my citizenship from this world and I now have a citizenship in heaven. I'm no longer here. I'm there. I'm from there. I don't handle things the way you people, now I'm talking to you worldly people, the way you people handle them down here, I don't handle it that way. I handle it a completely different way. And that's who we are. And that's what we're talking about today. How to deal with that, those mean-spirited people. So I can no longer respond to it. You see, does that make us pushovers? Does that make us doormats as Christians? No. Why? Because Jesus actually told us this was going to happen. Matthew 10, chapter 16, or 10, 16 says, look, he told us, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. So we have to just be wise about it. What sets you and I apart as Christians, what sets you and I apart as Christians, as children of the king, is how we deal with it. Not that we have to defend ourselves. It's not that, should I do this? I was dealing with somebody just a couple of weeks ago. I came into my office and said, Pastor, I need some help. I'm going through this situation. And I, should I take this person to court? I really feel like I need to protect my child. And it's a custody issue and this and that and the other. And I just don't know how I need to deal with this. And I said, well, do you really feel that's the best case for your child? And they said, well, yeah, it's all about my child. It has nothing to do with me. Well, then you do what you have to do. She said, well, I just don't know if that's the Christian thing to do is to take people to court. I said, well, I think if it's for the safety of your child. See, but what sets us apart, I told this person, is how we deal with it. If you're doing it out of anger and of rage, just like the guy standing at the bottom ridiculing, if you're doing it with anger, rage, and and, and racism and all these other things, then yeah, you're going about it the wrong way. But we're going to look, now we're going to dig deep into how our godly response is to be. This is how you and I, when we are attacked in our character, when people attack our character, when they make or spread lies and rumors about you and I, when they predict our failures and those things that we just spoke about, you and I need to respond in a godly way. In a godly way. Dealing with mean people, with these naysayers and mean-spirited people. Because you and I, our natural inclination is to, all right then. Well, I guess we can take this outside. <laughs> right? Now, sometimes that's what it takes. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, if you look at, if you, if you read the whole chapter four, these guys are working with swords on their side. They're working with one hand, one brick, a sword, and a shield here. So they're having to, to just make sure they're always standing guard. But that's not what they did. You and I don't do that. First thing Nehemiah did that you and I also need to learn how to do. First thing. Go to the Father. First thing is that you are to go to the Father. In verses 4 and 5, 
He went straight there. He didn't hesitate one bit. When they were ridiculing him, excuse me, when they were ridiculing him and when they were talking bad about them and when they were just showing all this fear or, or rather rage and hostility, he went straight to the Father, straight to him. See, he didn't form a committee. He didn't say, hey, guys, can you guys get together on Tuesday so we can talk about how we're going to deal with these bullies over here? No, 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 I got a PTA meeting, bro. No, no, all right, no, okay, what about Thursday? No, no, ain't nobody got time for that, bro. I got to go straight to the Father. I'm going to him right now. Lord, you got to do something about this because I'm busy doing your work. And that's how you and I need to be. We need to go straight to the Father. No huddles, no committees. See, he's got to be our first resource and not our last response. Or last resort, rather. He's got to be our first resource. Because when times of opposition come, God wants us to rely on him first and foremost. First and foremost. Always run to the Father. First and foremost, when people start attacking you and they want to stop his work. The other thing we have to do, the other godly response that we have to remember is we have to proclaim with confidence that our trust is in the Lord. We have to proclaim with confidence. In chapter 2 of Nehemiah, it said, the God of heaven will help us succeed. When they said, ha, you guys ain't going to do nothing about that. You guys aren't going to do that. You guys aren't going to do this. You guys aren't going to do that. You're going to rebel against the king. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And he said, our God is going to help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding the wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. That's what Nehemiah's response was when Sambalot and the guys started all this mess. And that's huge because the first thing that they did was they proclaimed who he is. The God of heaven. The God of heaven will help us what? Succeed. Then the second thing they said, no, the God of heaven will help us. We're going to proclaim that we're going to succeed. We're going to succeed. And then they proudly proclaimed who they were because I'm unashamedly a servant of the Most High. That's who I am. Unashamed servant of the King. That's who I am. And as a matter of fact, they said, not only is God of heaven going to help us succeed, we, his servants, are going to do that. We're going to start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share. You have no legal right or historic claim in Jerusalem. And what they're doing there is they're sending the devil right back to where he belongs. And you and I need to do the same thing. You and I need to remember that when the enemy comes and he tries to stop us and when these naysayers come and they try to stop us, they say, no, no, you don't understand. The God of heaven is going to help me succeed. He's going to help me succeed. And you have no right to say what you're doing, so you need to shut your mouth. 
And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit of negativity. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And that's what you and I need to start doing. We need to start proclaiming with confidence that our trust is in the Lord. Amen? Woo! Wish I could preach it how I'm feeling it. Too many times you and I just lay down 100% when we hear the first sneer or doubt. Immediately. We just lay down. Well, what I say earlier? We'll see how long that lasts. Don't mess it up like you did the last time. Then we go, that's true, huh? I probably will. That's true. No, we need to do the same as Nehemiah did. We need to do the exact same thing that Nehemiah did. Let's move on. We need to make God our defender. Right? By our giving, by our tithing, and by our serving. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. And I'll tell you why here we go. Because this is not a buy-in relationship with the Father. See, He doesn't need our measly 10%. He owns every cattle on the hill. And the hill. Okay? So He doesn't need the 10%. The Word of God tells us that He honors obedience more than sacrifice. So he doesn't need that. But now is not the time to stop. You continue to serve a lot of people. You have no idea how many people we have to talk to. We talk to and we go, hey, how's life? Hey, what's the point? Nothing's going right in my life. So I just stopped giving. I stopped serving. I stopped doing this. And I just, I'm not even involved in anything anymore. Just nothing's going right in my life. I got fired and I got this and I got that and I did this and I did. And I get it. I totally get it. We all go through trials. Trust me, we say it all the time that we sometimes, we never ever forget and neglect the pain in the pews. But don't forget there's also pain at the pulpit. So we all go through it. I'm going through it right now. I'm going through health battles too. So trust me, I get it. But now is not the time to stop. We continue to forge moving forward. Man, if we stopped anytime somebody did that to us when we first started this ministry back in the South Valley, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. We used to work like that in the South Valley. <laughs> Guarding ourselves and building blocks with one hand on Saturday mornings. I mean, it was, it was just an amazing time, but we wouldn't be here today if we just stopped. But now is not the time to stop, church. We have to continue to move forward. Our giving and our tithing and our serving. It's always the first to go because you feel, what's the point? But I'm telling you, what's the point is to show, Lord, you are still faithful and I'm going to continue to be faithful and return to you. And obedient, Lord. Obedient. More than anything else, Lord, obedient to your word. Obedience, Lord, to your word. Exodus chapter 23 tells us, as you harvest your crops... Bring the very best to the first harvest of your house to, uh, 
to the house of the Lord your God. He tells us, bring the very best. You think they weren't going through a hard time then? In Exodus, as they were leaving? Move down a little bit to verse 22, and he says, the angel of the Lord, he's saying, but if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. Man, what an insurance policy, huh? We need one. And church, the last way that you and I are set apart in this world is how, of, of how we respond, rather, is understanding that God's rewards are forever. God's rewards are forever. Matthew 5, 11 to 12. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you. This is Jesus talking, by the way. And say all sorts of evil things about you because you are my followers. He says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Man. Amen. That's something to, to give him glory for because, Lord, he says, I, I, you mean I, I get a reward? This is for nothing? Now, trust me, church. He's not saying this is your buy-in. He's not saying this is the way to get in. He doesn't like to see you suffer. He doesn't like seeing people seeing, being mean to you and being mean-spirited and being naysayers in your life. But see, church, let me tell you, the Lord, his rewards are forever. You see, the world has promised us way, way too much, church. The world has promised us way too much and it's backed out too many times from what the world has promised us. How many of us can say amen to that? We run into false promises constantly from the world. I can not only speak for myself, but I can speak for a lot of people in this very room and even outside of the walls of this church and other ministries and beyond of God's faithfulness and how his rewards are not only forever, but the, how they stand true and how his promises are true. You know how I know? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. See, you and I, church, we said it earlier. You and I are no longer a part of this world. You and I are no longer a part of this world. And how you and I respond to our naysayers will be what sets us apart from this world. It's what will allow you to rebuild your future and change the trajectory of where you're going. Stop going back to your old nature. Rebuild your future. Change it. Change it forever. Don't change it just for a few months. Don't change it just for a little bit. Change it forever. Change it. Change it. Say, Lord, from this moment on, I will change it. 
from this moment on, I'm going to change how I'm going to respond to the naysayers in my life. I'm going to change how I respond to the negative people in my life. I'm going to change how I respond to bullies in my life and the mean-spirited people in my life. And church, I'm going to make an invitation right now. If you have never made a decision to follow Jesus and you say, man, I I just need to make a change overall. I, I just really need to make a change. I need... I need that. I invite you to get to know Jesus. And if you want to make that decision, I invite you to do that. Would anybody want to make a decision for Christ today that has never made that decision? Will you please stand right now and just raise your hand? Anyone want to make that decision? If the Lord is calling you right now and say, I want you, I need you to be in this kingdom. Anybody want to make that decision today? Amen. Well, then will everyone stand with me? Because church, right now, you're thinking right now of an area in your life and you're saying, look, I remember a time where this happened. This sermon has caught you in a moment where you're saying, no, there's, it's, it's bringing back a moment in your life where you said, man, I really handled that wrong. I really handled that wrong. Maybe you need to ask, maybe you were the mean person. I don't know. Maybe you're the Tobiah. Maybe you're the Sambalot. I don't know. We've all been Tobias and Sambalots. Stop me when I'm lying. I know I've been there before. I'm not immune to it. I'm human, just like the rest of them. And so church, I invite you right now to just ask the Lord that area in your life. Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word again, Lord, as we say again, Lord, we never ever say or stop saying thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for my time here together with my brothers and my sisters, Lord, here and even those watching from afar. Lord, I pray, Lord, that those standing in this place today, Lord, you know the need of every single person here, Lord, and even those live streaming. You know the need. Right now, they've made their very own altars, Lord, before you in this moment. Their moment in prayer, Lord, is saying, Lord, a moment of of saying, Lord, forgive me, or Lord, help me in this area. Lord, I'm dealing with this that I don't know how to deal with it, but Lord, lead me and guide me. Lord, I pray that over every one of us, that you would help us, Lord, that you would help lead us, that you would help and and you would just guide us, Lord, to the right place, to the right people, Lord, to help us in these areas of life, Lord, of how to deal with these things, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this time together here at New Beginnings Church, Lord, with my brothers and my sisters, Lord, for a wonderful time of worship. Thank you for the message message from our pastor, Lord, from from Lubbock. Thank you that he's doing so well, that he's recovering well. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing just a work in him, Lord, and the work that you're doing here in us, Lord, and through us at New Beginnings, Lord, and in this community. Thank you, Lord. May it never cease. May it never, ever cease, Lord. 
May it go on even past us, Lord. But Lord, help us, Lord, to deal with this, Lord. <sighs> Lord, thank you for the breath of fresh air that is your word. Lord, and now as we leave this place, Lord, may, may we not leave your presence, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey, church, thank you so much. Church, don't forget, we'll be here on Wednesday with an awesome, awesome sermon series titled Unmovable. I hope you guys will join us. Bless you guys.